I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we are back just in time for the NBA Finals, and we have a lot to touch on. Trey and I discuss all of our predictions for both the Warriors and the Celtics, and we also talk about who regrets leaving these two teams more, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. We discuss all of this and much more, so let's jump into it. Now, I know I got to explain myself. I am so very sorry for not putting up a podcast for last week. But in my opinion, it was probably the best week not to post with all the blowouts after blowouts we had in these conference finals. I was so ashamed that I wasn't posting, but I was also ashamed to even turn on the TV to watch a game because Coop and I discussed all of these conference finals for months on months on months. And the anticipation was so, so, so underwhelming because... It made me miss John Morant even more. On the real though, I did start grad school last week, so I was unable to make a podcast. They put me through the ringer with a bunch of uh, professional development activities that were not anywhere close to as fun as they sound, but we will never be missing another week for the rest of the year. I promise you that. And we also have our regular Thursday pod dropping this week as well for game one of the NBA Finals with Cooper. This one is with Trey. Trey and I had a fantastic conversation today, so let's actually jump into this shit now. All right, we're going to kick today's pod off with me briefly giving my thoughts about the conference finals. When it comes to that Dallas-Golden State series, I mean, do we even need to talk about it? Luka Magic was not Luka Magic. And it's just simply put as that. Nobody else came with him. Uh, Dwight Powell and also Maxi Kleba just got bodied the entire series. It was not very competitive. And uh, the Warriors just strutted into the NBA Finals. It made me feel a lot better about my Grizzlies. We are the team that pushed them to six games before they say Ben. And we did that without our best player. So who knows what would have happened there. Uh, Golden State, they're rolling right now, so it's scary hours for Golden State right now, in my opinion. When it comes to the East, this was a series I was so, so excited about. Miami-Boston on paper was insanity to me. I could not wait to get to the TV to watch it. And after watching a few games of it, I couldn't run far enough away from the TV because the points margins in the first five games was outrageous. It was not a very entertaining series. Game six was dicey, which was fun, and seven was dicey a little bit at the end, even though Boston should have won by a lot more in game seven, in my opinion. The Jimmy Butler shot at the end of everything, down by two, transition, pull up three, off the dribble, I have no problem with. Jimmy's the only reason they're there right now. It was an open look. Yes, he's not a three-point shooter, but I love the confidence he had. If if he would have made that, he would have been a hero. I have no problem with Jimmy taking that and I don't think you know obviously after watching the post game his teammates or coach really had any problem with that either Jalen Brown said whenever he took it I was like what the hell but that I mean that's the other team that's celebrating a win so I expect him to say that Miami had a great year Uh, I think they're gonna have to address the Kyle Lowry thing he looks like a backup point guard to me yes Kyle Lowry looks like a backup point guard to me I hear they may pursue Donovan Mitchell I would love that beside Jimmy Butler I also love Donovan Mitchell at the Knicks, to be honest, but that's a different story for a different day. Miami had a great year. They're the one seed, went out in the conference finals, but uh, they were banged up. So were the Celtics, but the Celtics pulled through. 
Uh, so we now have the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And I'm drooling already just thinking about it. I think it's going to be an incredible series. Trey and I both think it's going to go seven. And speaking of Trey, let's get into that conversation. What's up? What's up, Trey? How are you doing, my friend? Good, brother. Good. Glad to be back on the pod. Miss you, man. Dude, miss you too. And I know you're happy right now. You just cashed your Boston future. Nice. Hey, love to see that one, bro. Love to see that one. Plus 500. Come on now. Bring me my money. <laughs> and you still got, on the other side, the Western Conference champion Warriors. That future is still on the line as well. Love to hear that too. And that's that's going to lead us right into... Uh, right into our best bet segment. So boys, I hope you tailed. I told you. I told you what the finals were going to be. I hope you tailed it. If so, you got plus 500 on that Boston one looking looking great. We got plus 300 on on Warriors for uh to win the finals. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and put money on Boston cuz I already got plus 300. I get plus 120 on the on the Celtics now. I win either way. Oh my gosh, you are a genius. I, I don't I don't know how I got you on this pod, but I'm glad we got you on this pod. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving life right now, man. Loving life. Facts. I, I'm so glad we did not have a show during these conference finals because my God, were they ever horrendous. It was just ridiculous. Game six and seven was really fun uh, there for a minute. And Boston's there now. Golden State is there now. I, I think... You and I were talking off air that this is the best finals we could probably ask for. An historic franchise with Boston and then just a dynasty that's been to a finals in six of the last eight years in Golden State. So I'm super stoked about this finals. How are you feeling about this? Dude, I'm stoked for it too. Um, I think this is probably going to be one of the most competitive finals we've seen in a long time. Um, granted, I mean, the Celtics are the number one net defense coming into the finals. And the Warriors are number two, which shows, I mean, defense can get you, if not win you a championship. I mean, the best two teams are going to win a championship. So, um, but dude, I'm, I'm stoked for this one. I think it's probably, I'm probably going to ride the unders for a lot of these games just because uh, Boston's defense is just so tenacious and long. They're lengthy. They're, they're absolute dogs on the defensive side of the court. You know, Robert Williams, um, I, I heard a stat today, actually. Every single starter on Boston started five got a vote for defensive player of the year. So wow. that's insane to me. You know, they're, they're just so lengthy. But um, what I think is probably going to, I think it's going to go seven. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to ride with my future. I'm, I think the Warriors are probably going to win it in seven just because they've been there, done that. Like you said, six of six of the last eight years. That's insane. So um, they've been there, they've done that, they've won three, have a chance for four with their uh, with their hardcore core, which is Dre, Clay, and Steph. So um, I'm, I'm riding the Warriors on this one. Plus, you uh, know, my Grizz lost to them, and I'd rather lose to like an NBA champion than just some bum. So completely see that side of, especially with you know a future still on the line. I'm, I was talking with Cooper this weekend. I think. You could flip a coin on this. I'm not even kidding. These teams, these are the two best teams in the finals, and that's all you ask for as a fan. I feel like, you know, the last month or so that the playoffs have been going on, these have been clearly the best two teams, and I'm just super excited about it. I think it's going to go seven games as well. 
I'm taking the other side because um, I've been on Boston for a long time. I love everything they're doing. I love how complete they are. And also the matchup game for me is going to be incredibly interesting. Putting Marcus Smart on Stephen Curry, obviously. But when you have secondary defenders such as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's just insane to me. That whole Kavon Looney bullshit where he's been playing out of his mind, I think that's going to end with Robert Williams, with Al Horford on him. I don't think they're going to be able to outbig Boston like they did Dallas. And I think that's going to be incredibly interesting as well. And honestly, people haven't been talking about this. I feel like Steph has not played that well in the playoffs for Steph. You know you know what I'm saying? Because people, he did win the conference finals MVP, but it wasn't some outlandish numbers that he had. It was just he was the most consistent. And it, I feel like Steph is not him, and I feel like he has to be to beat this Boston team. Because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, either one of those guys can go for 30 on any given No, night. I definitely agree there. I mean, Steph's definitely not playing up to the Steph standard that you and I grew up accustomed to. I mean, you and I are used to him hitting half-court shots for the win against OKC, right over Russ Westbrook's head, you know, like. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like age and nutrition probably starts to starts to kick in with that. But like you said, most consistent. I mean, he averaged 25, granted. I mean, you know, there's the younger players coming up like Luca and everything, like Jason Tatum even, um, where you said he could definitely, he'll drop, he could probably drop 30 in seven games in a row, where to staff... Mm probably you're probably going to average around like 23 24 something like that but um no i definitely agree i mean we're not i don't i wouldn't exactly say he's not playing well but i he's not he's not living up to that accustomed standard that you and i grew up watching you know we, we grew up watching a steph curry where it was like oh my god this guy is shooting the lights out this is the most insane thing i've ever seen you know Mm-hmm. Where like you and I were literally like looking at each other like jaws on the floor like how how did he just break Chris Paul's ankles and hit that shot and I know exactly like the basketball fans know exactly which ones I'm talking about but um mm-hmm. with that being said I looked I was looking at the uh, two games that the Celtics and Warriors played this year and the whole in both the games um well granted so Steph Curry got hurt that one game you remember uh, Marcus Smart though for the loose ball hurt his foot or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. But in the two games they played this year, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart all averaged over 20 points a game. And I feel like if the Warriors don't have an answer for I mean, like, I, I think they're probably going to put Wiggs on Tatum, Clay on Brown, and, like, Curry on Smart, I guess. But, like, at the end of the day, if, if you have three players averaging 60 points a game... I, that's hard to beat, especially when you have Al Horford playing the way he is. You know, um, Robert Williams is back. He's healthy. He's defensive beast. But it's also putting up eight, ten points a game and grabbing mad rebounds. Like you said, Kayvon Looney's not going to be dogging the paint like he has this whole last series. Last series, I mean, like, with that being said, Maxi Cleaver and Dwight Powell, respect to them. Not dogging them at all, but I feel like they're more perimeter bigs than than inside bigs you know i feel like dallas likes to play five out five wide and try and just run that motion offense um but give a matchup one on this because like i don't know like i i love doing player props and like right now steph's is over 25 and a half points 
I feel like that's a coin flip. Like, what do you feel on that, Jack? I don't know. I, I really don't. I I would bet the under if I'm that's being what, honest. See, that's really what I'm wouldn't. leaning towards too. That's what I'm leaning towards too because like Marcus Smart is just a hell of a defender. But if they switch off Jalen Brown, he got he got defensive player. Every single starter on their on their team got defensive player of the year votes. Like so, like like every single player prop. I want to bet the under, but I know that's probably not gonna happen. So it's insane. But um, mm-hmm. that also that also leads me to this, man. So the Celtics are the only team since Steve Kerr took over the Warriors that have a winning record against them, nine and seven. This is I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for this finals, bro. Like I'm really stoked for this. Same. And with the um, staying on the Steph Curry front, there's a lot of talk about you know him not winning the Finals MVP, and I just want to go ahead and clear all the air with how I feel about it. I don't think it matters for his legacy. I really don't. Whenever we're comparing Jordan and LeBron or Kobe and LeBron or Kobe and Jordan, we're not looking at um, well how many Finals MVP <laughs> they had. Nobody in re- nobody outside of this three week span gives a shit about Finals MVP. Like nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? And it's just. It, the whole thing's blown out of proportion to me, but I I have to ask the question because it's a topic right now. Trey, do you think if the Warriors can pull this series out, do you think Stephen Curry will win the Finals MVP? Oh, no doubt. I definitely think he'll win it this year. But I'm gonna go back for a second, and because this is even a topic, I think it's so dumb. Like, who cares about a Finals MVP? I mean, really, Iguodala, like, he, yeah, he defended LeBron great, but, like, if we're really looking at the best player on the Warriors that year, it was Steph Curry. For sure. I mean, if if these shiny, like, medals and, like, trophies, like, mean so much to your legacy, why are we adding Conference Finals MVP? Like, who gives a, <laughs> who gives a damn about the Conference Finals? Exactly. Man? Exactly. Like, okay, you won the Magic, or the Magic Johnson Award, bro, like, Good job. You won the Larry Bird Award. Like, you feel accomplished? Like, no. You want to host the NBA Finals show, you know? Like, at the end of the day, that's what you're working towards. Like, no one cares. I mean, like, when you hear these MVP winners, like, Jokic this year, he's like, yeah, great. Like, I won another MVP, but I want to win the Finals. Like, that's, that's what the sport is about. It's a team goal to get to these finals. So, I mean, like, the fact that Steph has three finals, he's been to six and eight years. Is that not legacy building enough? I think that's such a stupid topic. I hate I it. agree. I completely agree. While we're on his legacy, I don't think that you know the Finals MVP affects it because ten years from now we're not going to be like, oh god. I remember in 2022 when Steph Curry won the Finals MVP award. Nobody, nobody's going to be, <laughs> nobody's going to be thinking like. How that. about this? Like, how about how many times do we sit there and be like, yo, do you remember in 2016 when Iguodala won the finals yeah. MVP when the Warriors won? Like, no, I remember when LeBron almost averaged a triple-double on him and he still won the MVP somehow. Exactly. But, but hey, this comes on to another legacy question I've had that I've seen popping around ESPN all day today. So, you know how the Warriors, I mean, KD left the Warriors, Kyrie left Boston. Now, obviously, the Warriors and Boston are playing in the finals. Do you, which one of those players do you think do you think looks worse for leaving their franchise? Honestly, I I feel like I'm I'm gonna attack it from both sides. KD, him leaving was 
he got shit on from the time he flew out to Oakland. I mean, if we're being honest, because there's that whole like uh, Stephen A. Smith saying it's the weakest move in NBA history, and he turned into a villain for all of those years, and maybe he still is a villain because of that. Uh, I think that thing was a little overblown to me because people forget LeBron took off to Miami too. Like that happened. And the Kyrie front is just way more egregious. The fact that like he gets hurt in the playoffs, uh, rookie Jason Tatum takes them to the conference finals. And then he says like before his contract year, yeah, in front of at the garden, he said, I'm going to be back. I'm going to resign. And he takes off and goes to Brooklyn. I just, I don't, I think that's more egregious than anything. Because at least like KD, like we knew that was a ticking time bomb all year. And I believe it was 1819 the year it was. And it was like, we knew it. Because he got asked about it every press conference. He was, you know, hashing out with media. He's like, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm thinking about a championship. Because it, people kind of knew that was coming because he wanted to prove to the world and to himself, I think, that he can lead a team by himself there. And he still has yet to do that. But, you know, if it's a mistake, it's a mistake. He would have – I think he left more for personal reasons. I don't think – it's not like he lied about leaving, you know, like Kyrie I, I definitely agree. And, like, the way you said – the way you worded it was so perfect, man. The way Kyrie just, like, did those Boston fans dirty was egregious, man. I mean mm. – and to, to, I mean, to get hurt, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You have a rookie Jason Tatum lead you to the finals, dunk all over LeBron. But then how about the fact of, you know, like, I mean, KD left Russell Westbrook. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we have to put it in perspective. KD left Russell Westbrook, Kyrie left LeBron because Kyrie was immature and thought he could, was the best best thing since sliced bread mm-hmm. if we're being honest in my opinion so i mean and don't get me wrong he's box office he's a great player when he's available mm-hmm. but um that's a different different story for another day but um with kd i mean he left westbrook he they, they blew the 3-1 series and he left to golden state and won two championships kyrie doesn't have a champion i mean he has he has one championship but kd i mean if we're being honest the Warriors were already stacked, right? I mean, they were 73-9, best team in history, right? But he, the way he came in, I feel like he was the leader of that team. You know, it wasn't like, oh, Steph has to hit these crazy shots anymore. It was like, Steph's there when you need him to hit a crazy shot. But really, like, we're going to KD. Yeah. Is, what it, is what it like seemed like during that time. And with Kyrie, when he went to Boston, it was kind of like, oh, is it Kyrie... Is it Gordon Hayward? Is it Jason Tatum? Is it Jalen Brown? Like, I, I feel like his his motive when he left, he thought he thought he could lead a team, and he couldn't, and that makes his his legacy way more tarnished because of that. Because he left the second greatest player of all time. Because Jordan's number one in my books. But, I completely agree. I completely agree with both those statements. Jordan is the greatest to me, and also I believe. You're 100% right with that whole LeBron thing. He did leave him. And also with the Boston thing, people talk about this with Ja, you know, his team being better without him, which is obviously an outrageous statement because 
Grizzlies didn't have the star power. It's not true. Yeah, exactly. It's not true. And Grizzlies didn't have the star power that the Celtics had. Celtics that year were better right, without right. Kyrie, and it, they were not playing shit teams like the Grizzlies were. I mean, that was proven in the playoffs that they were better without Kyrie, and they had Jason Tatum and a young Jalen Brown as well to rely on. And I feel like that has a little bit to do with it as well. And you know, he hasn't made the Nets really great. He hasn't. I mean, they got swept this year and. KD was the reason they were even there, in my opinion, not Kyrie. I mean, think about last year, bro. The playoffs last year, KD literally led them to a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Mm -hmm. The only reason they didn't win a finals, in my opinion, is because his big toe was too long. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're being completely honest. And like you said, they the Celtics were a better team when Kyrie was hurt. And I feel like that is a, a common theme now because... Kyrie, when I feel like when he's on the court, he likes to dribble and he he slows the offense down to where when he's off the court, there's a steady flow of motion in the offense and it actually like looks like good basketball. So where Kyrie's sitting there and he's like, I'm gonna do this crossover, step over, back, like behind the back, you know, step back and drain a three in this guy's face. Where to where like real basketball, I feel like you can't just like go and like plan like oh, I'm gonna go hit a step back three in this guy's face. It's sounded just like motion, you know. Like I, I was watching this um, podcast the other day, uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, Old Man, mm-hmm. Old Man and One, and um, it was Penny Hardaway's. It was awesome, and he was talking about you know that that signature three where Henny, Penny hit where he like hit the jab step. Did like a 360 and hit the three like a fade three mm-hmm. and he was talking about it and he was like so did you plan that and penny was like actually no like i was planning on going around the screen that was set for me but the guy popped up over the screen so i improvised i just jabbed kind of spun and sent him the other way so i had enough room to just pull up for three he goes i i tried to teach my team this which is now the memphis tigers i tried to teach my team this the whole t- like all the time you cannot plan basketball it's an improvised sport like you can't go up and be like i'm gonna go cross this guy over and dunk on his head Mm -hmm. because how many times is that gonna work really Mm -hmm. like once out of ten so it's it's i feel like that's a huge thing too is where that improvisate improvisation of Kyrie's game is not there because i feel like he wants to like hit these crazy like highlight reels to where it, it slows the offense down and it's not a steady flow of motion and it hurts the, it hurts your teammates. Mm-hmm. I, I love that point about the ball stopping because I feel like Kyrie is a ball stopper. This is what Jordan Poole struggles with at a much, much lower level. Uh, Jordan Poole can be an, easily be an all-star in this league, but he tries to do too much at times. Uh, and Kyrie Irving exactly. is does the exact same thing. At, you know, Obviously, he's a lot more... Uh, or he's a lot better than Jordan Poole, but he does this at that level too. <laughs> but Kyrie Irving, I heard, I'm glad you brought up JJ Reddick's pod, man, because I'm a big fan of that. And KD was on there a couple months back. And JJ had asked him, um, how did it feel, you know, in game five, six, and seven of that Milwaukee series last year, playing all 48 minutes of those games? And Kevin Durant just smiled. He kind of looked up and he goes, Honestly, like there was times I was like running up and down the court. I had no idea where I was because I was so exhausted. <laughs> and I could never see Kyrie even 
like feeling that because he sits out for pretty much half of every season. He plays when he wants to play, unfortunately. And it's I'm not going to get into the vaccine or uh, the riot last year or whatever. It's I feel like he always finds something. And I, I feel like it's been that way for a long time now. And he's not reliable. KD is going to give you everything he has. And that's the point I'm making. I can't see Kyrie doing the same for your franchise. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you, I mean, like, look at Katie's history. He he likes to hoop. Like, he's just a straight hooper. Like, he doesn't want this other BS going around in the franchise. Like, he literally wants to come to practice and go to games and just hoop and drop 40 on your head. While, like, there's other people in this league who are, like, not going to call out names. <coughs> <Ben Simmons. coughs> who are just in it for the money and they're gonna they're gonna find every excuse they can to be like yo like i'm hurt i i'm emotionally upset because of something like i'm not gonna get into politics like you said but like there's there's certain players like oh i don't like philadelphia so i don't want to play anymore so i'm just gonna sit out this season like and then there's john walls who are getting paid to paid 50 million to sit on the bench cheerleader (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, dude, I wish I could make fifty million to dress up in Versace yeah, clothes. That'd be exactly. sick. <laughs> but um, no, I definitely agree with that take too, man. I mean, I feel like avail like like what Stephen A says, bro. See, I love this. I love this quote the other day from Stephen A. He said, "Kyrie Irving is probably one of." Like, probably the, one of the top 10 basketball players on this planet right now, talent-wise. But if you tell him you have to show up for practice at 1, he's going to look at you and be like, why can't it be 3? Mm-hmm. You tell him there's a game at 5, why can't it be 8? You have a game at 3, nope, I'm going to show up at 5. Like, it's, it's everything on his time. And it was I was dying laughing when I heard him say that. <laughs> But it is, it is so true. I mean, it's been proven time and time throughout his career. <laughs> like, he he wants to play when he wants to play, and like, I get it. You're a professional athlete, but like, that's still a job. <laughs> you gotta show up when you when you're getting paid to show up. So like, with KD, man, he's just a straight hooper. He wants to just hoop. That's all he wants to do. And like Kyrie, I feel like there's so much more of a personal agenda like he might he might still be trying to convince the world that the earth is flat who knows exactly man Kyrie's <laughs> Kyrie's just a different cat man and Katie I really don't think he's sitting around right now watching the NBA or watching the Warriors go to their six finals in eight years jealous that he's not there I just don't feel like Katie's that kind of guy and just on that note let's pivot a little bit uh towards these finals bets i know you have a future uh still on the line is there anything else you're going to touch uh when it comes to this series or is it too early to tell all right so like i've been looking at the player props a lot on this one um like i said earlier in the pod you know i got plus 120 on celtics right now for the series so i'm winning money either way um but like you and i both said this one's a kind of a coin flip um i know the series spread is looking a little wild right now um, it's a one and a half for the Warriors. So, um, I expect that to move before the final starts. I expect that to probably be at a half a game. Cause like you said, I think this is a coin flip series. Um, but if you guys can hammer that now, definitely do that. Um, cause I think this, I think this is going seven, no doubt. 
But um, NBA Finals MVP, you can get Jason Tatum at plus 175. That one's a little bit risky because, I mean, if the Warriors win, it's obviously going to be Steph. But if the Celtics win, it's definitely going to be JT. And you know me, I love those plus money bets. So definitely taking that one. And then um, I'm looking at these player props. Right now, we have Steph at over 27 and a half. Jack, you and I were talking about this at the beginning, or like literally before this pod, it was at 25 and a half. So it's gone up two points already. You and I both said we've been under 25 and a half. Now it's at 27 and a half. I am literally putting, I just put 50 bucks on it. I was about to say, I would hammer that. I mean, because you're like saying under 25 and it just went up. And this went two points. That's insane. insane. I've never seen something move like that. So, um, but I like the clay over 20 and a half. Mm. So I'm definitely taking that Steph under because I feel like if Steph goes under, Clay's going to have to go off and he's going to realize that, you know? So, um, definitely taking that one. I also like Marcus Smart. If, if these stay the same way, these whole series, these are probably going to be like my, my bets every game. Marcus Smart is 14 and a half points. He's averaged, like you and I just said, he's averaged 20 points a game in both meetings this season. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't do it again. I agree with that because he's coming off, I think, I believe a 20-point game in Game 7, even with those wild-ass shots he was taking. Yeah, he had a, well, he had a really good series, too. You know, mm. like the games he played, he was, he was like the deciding factor in those games that he did play because um, I think it was, was a game one and three that he was out yes i believe so i know he was out yeah so game one and three um i mean the celtics did not look the same at all yeah so marcus smart had 24 last game 24 nine rebounds and five assists Mm -hmm. so um yeah i'm taking that i'm taking that over 14 and a half all of it i think that's a mess up on their point I also like these rebounds. Um, so Marcus Smart over three and a half rebounds. Marcus Smart, the last the last series, he was really. I mean, like, granted, he's going to be out long with Steph on those on those. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to change that pick now that I think about it. He's going to be out on the perimeter, guarding Steph. I feel like those long rebounds are kind of probably going to be corralled by Horford and Robert Williams, mm-hmm. and then JT as well. I'm probably going to take under three and a half rebounds. That's at plus 126. So it is a little bit of a risk. But like now, I mean, thinking about it, you know, those long rebounds, I feel like the bigs get most of those, especially on those three point shots. Mm-hmm. Golden State loves to shoot those threes. I don't think this is going to be a high uh, guard rebounding matchup for the uh, Celtics. So I agree. No, I agree. And I think. I, I I don't know how I feel about the rebounding. The Marcus Smart one, I for sure am on board for that. Um, I just I, I I could see actually with the rebounding thing, I'd 100 percent see that because I guess the only rebounding force that, that Warriors really have is Kevon Looney. They honestly may go away from him in this series because I don't know if you want to run him out there against Rob and Al Horford. That's just me. I was I was gonna ask that same thing. Um. Do you think the Warriors are going to go back to like 
that 2016 small ball with like Dre at the five when they used like, who was it? It was like Dre, Iguodala at the four, um, play to Steffel and I forgot who it was three then. But um, do you think they're going to run back that small ball series again in this come this series? I believe it was Harrison Barnes at that three and that'll just be like You're Andrew right. Wiggins yep. now. Uh, I th- you're right, exactly. Right. I honestly think that they will because you're not going to want to face Boston in the half court. Kevon Looney's not going to be a, r- running up and down in a track meet. Draymond will. You want to get them a transition as much as possible, as much as possible with Draymond pushing the ball, Steph pushing the ball. I think it's the only shot they got is going back to that small ball. In my opinion, I agree, dude. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success in that half-court offense against this Boston defense just because that length and tenacity, you know, mm-hmm. like. So I definitely agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see how an older Draymond, because I think he's 31 now, something, 30, 31 now, something mm-hmm. like that. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he can adapt to running that five against a bigger, younger, and I feel like, I don't know about stronger, but I mean, like his body physique looks stronger. Uh, Robert Williams. I mean, Robert Williams is like ripped, and Draymond's kind of like he kind of like a bit like Jokic. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I so. I think he's gonna be a better option than um, anybody else. So you know, to push the ball at least. I feel like because oh. he he wants to facilitate. He can just rebound and go. Which that's- I could not agree more. I feel like the one. Poison Ivy for the Celtics. I mean, for the Warriors in the series, though, is you know, like watching the last two series against the War. I mean, against the uh, Grizzlies and against the Mavs, the Warriors have been sloppy. Yeah, they have. With the basketball, very they have been turning it over a lot, and I feel like if they keep turning it over this way against a Boston team like this, who like really values the basketball, doesn't turn it over a lot, but also will like take your cookies on defense mm-hmm. that's gonna be that could be like bad news bears for them so i feel like they gotta like if dre if dre is running that five and push and transition which i feel like is gonna be like their bread and butter like their most successful thing they can do in the series they're just gonna have to take care of the basketball like none of these crazy like home run passes or like you know things they things they do in the regular season like but I, then again, that championship pedigree comes in and like, then they're done that, you know how the finals are, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way. You got anything else, man? Dude, man? I think that's probably it. I was looking at these rebound ones. I mean, with Dre, I was looking at these rebound averages. I mean, Dre averaged like five rebounds both games. So I'm maybe the under, but I'm probably not even gonna touch those ones, man. Like, I think I probably, my best bet. All right, boys. <laughs> Highlight the best bet. We're going to ching this one too, eh? <laughs> that Marcus Smart over 14 and a half points. I love that one. I love that. So I'm taking that right now. Took it 50 bucks down. Hope you boys get that while it's up or while it's down. And um, also that Steph Curry under 27 and a half. Love those mm-hmm. two. I love that as well. Well, Trey, you have a great night, my friend, and thank you so much as always. Have a great night, too, and let's go cash more tickets, baby.